Scott and Paul Show, episode 38. Stranger things have happened, but nothing more stranger than the fact that Scott and I both agree about something. What it is, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Scott and Paul Show, yeah, this is going to be a very short cold opening. Kind of like my attention span this week. Yay! Paul Show episode 38. We're finally going to go ahead and jump on board because we got some, uh, I guess, some clarification on the NX. Maybe a little bit. Par- yeah, partially confirmed. Uh, that's just, just, just going to take a while. So sit down and, or maybe some of you people are actually driving to work. So you're already sitting down. <sighs> that's just, um, Go through the list on IG in here. Okay. Scott? Handheld console. Partially? Partially confirmed. So IGN's kind of backing up Eurogamer. Um, They say they've confirmed this information with unnamed sources. So this one's (laughs) probably, this one's probably not such a surprise. Um. That there was a rumor. That rumor has been around since at least the first month or two of this year, if not last summer. I mean, it's been a while that people have been speaking about how it's going to be a handheld. Um, which, I mean, their handheld cells are strong. Um, why not? So, well, but, well over the, the course of the 3DS, is so better than the damn Wii. Yeah, over the course of the over the course of its lifetime, the sales have been good. They've they've dropped a lot in the last year or so. But again, I mean, they've already invested, I'm sure, all the money and time into developing the next handheld. That they can't abandon it now if mobile gaming's taking over. But who knows? We'll see. So, well, it says here. Additionally, it's been alleged that the sides of the handheld unit are detachable. This allows both to be used by one person for single-player games and detach and use individually for split multiplayer. The handheld unit will also reportedly dock into a TV base, which will allow the active tile to be displayed on the big screen. Okay, so let's... It's not um, a bad idea. I mean, your PS TV already came out, but it lacks some of the support. Um for some of the games because of the touchscreen. But, uh, I mean, that's a good idea to have a dock. To, I mean, you had a freaking Super Game Boy, and it was awesome. So, it's not a bad idea. Well, yeah. 
you boy. Okay. If if there's not another console, I mean, I've I've played Vita games and 3DS games that I'd rather be playing on the big screen when I'm sitting in my house than on the the handheld. So, so the detachable interface bullshit. So. The controls, on the other hand, being detachable, I don't know about that. So it's it seems like you're going to have two Wii controls slapped onto an iPad. Is what yeah. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's the parts that the controls connect with are solid and, I mean, they're going to have to be really solid. Well, they make damn good controls. They make damn good everything as far as hardware goes, like quality-wise. They make shitty screens. Yeah. Still, it was a nice... It's quality as far as... The not display so much resolution. resolution shit. Yeah. Display resolution shit, but the quality of the screen is fine. Um, yeah. I've never had one go out no. or burn out on me or anything like that. I don't know if I've ever had a defect in a Nintendo hardware, period. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I've never had it. And I trade and sell this crap all the time. So... Um, well, but I'm, I'm still not so sure about it. On me, but other than that, is is the detachable controls? Are they going to be a Wii remote? Are they going to have motion control? Are they going to have? Oh, you know sensors? they're have motion control. I'm sure they will, but it's still speculation. It's a probability, a, a high probability, but it's still speculation. Um, oh, they will. Oh, they, but, I'm I mean, sure they will. We haven't got to it yet, but there's. Apparently no backward compatibility, but there the virtual there has to be a virtual console aspect to it. Oh yeah. So, so unless you can actually hook up your old shit, there has to be. But if one guy can play using both controls, and then two people, you split the one controller you have. Uh, I'm sure you can buy extra controllers, but maybe it's just the way they have their games set up. Or maybe maybe it'll be like your Wii U gamepad and your Pro Control. They'll have just a basic Pro Controller that you can buy as an accessory and then use your basic... Yeah, probably their first-party games, it'll be you'll have your simplified controls. Because there's no way you can play like they want third party support, so there's no way you can play your more hardcore hardcore games like this. Um, but I mean, let's have to wait and see where they go with it. Um, as far as docking the station goes, um, yeah, it's fine. I mean. There's been some games on the 3DS that would be a lot better to play on the big screen. If if you got the hardware to make your games look great on a 1080p screen, fine. Yeah. And the other thing is, which I know 3DS games probably would look like shit on a 1080p screen, but um, when I play a Vita or a 3DS XL, my hands cramp after like 30 minutes between my ring finger and my index finger. So I'll be fine with it if it, if yeah. it does that. I mean, they're not splitting up the market anymore, so that's that's fine. But everything out on one system. 
all your 3ds developers and all your wii u developers all now work for the same system and the uh ubisoft has been promoting that they think it's going to be a, a great idea well they jump on board every nintendo product and then they go away yeah well i mean they they probably didn't have an idea specifically of how bad nintendo was going to fumble marketing for the wii u who did they do the uh zombie was that them yeah yeah where did they go after that um assassin's creed three four um i mean did they do anything specific for wii u after that yeah, but it was like some of those shitty family games that aren't very good anyways. Uh, like they had one, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but they were like, yeah, we have a game that's on the back burner. We're waiting to see if sales improve. And it was some like game that was like drastically terribly rated, like a five hmm. across the boards or something. I'm trying to remember what it was even called. I mean, they supported the system, whether it was third party or whether it was multi-plats or not. But as far as exclusives go... Uh, I think Zombie U might have been it. And well, originally, um, Raymond Legends was going to be an exclusive. But then they ported it to the other systems when they saw the sales taking those dive in January of 13. Well, if the... There's another question about this gimmick here. It's the battery life. Oh, no shit. Yeah, like your Wii U Pro or your Wii U gamepads yeah. got what? Four hours when it's a new battery? If this thing is going to be powerful enough to get 1080p or 4K, which I doubt that, unless they're getting like a Teg or two in there, which as now it seems like Albert Porchart is doing the Teg or one, if you can get 1080p, it has to do at least 1080p. That screen resolution, I'm sure, on the fucking tablet is not going to be 1080p because Nintendo fucking sucks when it comes to anything like that. Well, considering tablets can play freaking 1080p games. Yeah, um, but it's fucking it, Nintendo. It'd be inexcusable for them to have 1080p games for, like, their own... And I'm not a hardware junkie either, but I would think that after the Wii U... Um, Produced a few games in 1080p at 60 frames per second, even and I'm, they weren't just like 2D platformers. I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. There were there were some of those games that you know they ran at that, and you're talking what should be stronger hardware. That would be disastrous PR. At least Nintendo. make it written. Yeah, if they if it comes out and it's 900p and 30 frames per second, this guy. I'm going to shake my head, but it's not going to bother me that much. But the the average gamer, that's a bigger issue for them. And w rightfully so. W they like what they like. And if they think Nintendo ought to be producing 1080p, 60 frames per second for the vast majority of the games, at this point, it'd be hard to excuse Nintendo for not doing that. I mean, I mean it's, it's yeah. not asking for extremely powerful hardware to do that. But again, we don't know the core idea behind the system yet. I mean, so, when, the, when you buy the tablet, you'll get the dock with it, I'm sure. So Nintendo will say, well, unless the dock is going to have a separate GPU with it, 
more powerful GPU. So when you hook it up to the dock, it help up reses it. But you can do that. I'm sure but, you could. But or you can buy a separate separate one. But <sighs> I don't know. If if your tablet screen output is it's a fucking gamepad resolution. That's fucking shit. At least make it Retina or or a seven point P. They need the the screen prices for even if the screen's the same size as the Wii U gamepad. Technology's advanced and gotten cheaper since the Wii U gamepad came out in 2012. So in 2017, they should have a pretty quality resolution screen. It should be pretty good. That's not saying they'll make the decision to do it, but it seems, I don't know. I, I would be surprised they couldn't find a good screen for a, a good price point. But again, we don't know what the price point of this system is going to be. Are they going to charge $300? they going to charge $400? Is it going to be a $200 system? If it's a $200 system, you can count on a Tegra 1 and a freaking shit screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But three, four hundred dollars, yeah. I mean, you can you can expect a better screen at that point. I still don't know about the processor, but I mean, you, there's RAM, GPUs, uh, internal storage. What are they gonna do? So, I know it probably won't play Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you know, I bitched about that with the Wii U, and now I don't really care. I cannot remember the last time I stuck a Blu-ray movie in a system. I haven't so. bought Blu-ray and. In- years it's been i mean we rent movies on occasion uh from redbox but i mean if i rent five movies a year from redbox in the last this year i probably maybe have rented five movies this year uh last year i probably rented 20 i mean we every few every few weeks we'd stop rent something but everything uh, yeah i mean i mean i watch one I watch it once and then I'm fucking done. That's it. I got then, then again, with um, the way my streaming service and my bandwidth works with freaking Suddenlink, <laughs> yeah, I may be more inclined to use Blu-rays. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's that's been a that's been a drain. I mean, we're fine if we stream like one thing, one TV streaming, but you know, like in the winter, again, now nah, we've been over it. In the winter, it costs us a lot more because we spend a lot more freaking time inside. And everything's yep. digital. And they don't want to back up on the bandwidth. Um, you know, it's all digital future, which we got a related story to that. Yeah. And we'll there's, see. there's millions of people like that. Now, Ubisoft said uh, they had a record 75% digital last quarter. This was in July when this report came out. And right now, we have a partially confirmed cartridge rumor so uh see now this rumor lines up with recent news from gamestop that nx will feature some kind of physical media it's also congruent with other rumors that nx will feature a card slot the the listings for legend of zelda breath of the wild specifies both disc and cartridge Well, cartridges are a lot cheaper than they were in the Nintendo 64 era. Uh, I do not miss the days of a $70, $80 cartridge. 
cartridge. No, no. 64 games were expensive because of the cartridge. You um, okay. Um, I don't know, like a 50 to like a... Keep talking. I'm going to see how much I SD is. Uh, big thing with uh, your SD cards, you know, your, your load time should be quick. Uh, your storage has caught up to a lot of the disc. Uh, you may, I don't know what the maximum storage on an affordable. You can get a 128 gig micro SD card for 40 bucks. Well, how much can Nintendo get them in volume to print games on? I don't know, but they can make a deal. Yeah. So, I you mean, if they can. 64 gig for $20. Well, you got to remember, there's a story a couple years back about Blu-ray game disc. And the big thing, I'm trying to remember the exact details. Seems to me they said that they didn't need a lot of the storage space on the disc at the time. Mm-hmm. That even though they had a lot of storage space, they had more. Was their big reasoning was is like, well, the only reason we're using the space on the disc is because we're printing multiple versions of uh, by region and stuff on a disc mm-hmm. or something along those lines. No, it was languages. It was language support, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was language support. So they were using it just so you could have French, English, whatever. It wasn't so much that it was texture files and things like that, but I, I don't develop games, so I don't know where they're at with that right now. Well, um, I'm fine with cartridges. I mean, I don't I don't give a shit what the format is as long as it gives me the product that's in it and it's efficient at doing so. Loading should be quicker too now. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have to worry about scratch disc. <clears throat> of so, course, unless they go the fucking Sony route and they do proprietary bullshit. Like uh, that. If they do it like a Veda, that would, if they do, if they do SD cards and the games are expensive because they, they get a shitty, uh, a shitty deal from the licensor, then, and the games are a hundred bucks a piece, then I will, I will support their system. Now, the, the reason why but I doubt they'll be that stupid, you had some inferior titles on the, GameCube was because where they used that little disc, it didn't have the storage. They didn't have the storage. They couldn't get all the licensed songs on there. Yeah, um, or well, even like their texture files and stuff in the the right. bigger games, they had to compress and compress and compress. And you had multi disc releases. You know, your Resident Evils, uh, several of those were two disc releases. So I mean. I'm not against disc releases like that, but if you just would have had a freaking system with a regular freaking DVD in it, you wouldn't have had to have done that. Because what were they, like 1.5 gigs storage or something? It's pretty shitty. Yeah, it was what, your DVD's 4.7. So a a GameCube disc was was ass. So So, I mean, you can get... I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't do 128 gig. SD card. I mean, yeah, 1.5 gigs. So I have no problem with the cartridge. That's fine. You don't need to do a CD. Yeah, this isn't 1996 anymore. This is fine. I have no problem with this. You're you digital can, anyways. Yeah. And you can pop in a... As long as you can like buy your own and put in like an MP3 or whatever, your own music. Of course, knowing it's Nintendo, you won't be allowed not to do not going to happen. No. Oh, I wonder if it's going to be region locked. 
It's That'd Nintendo. Nice. It'd be raging long, yeah. It's Nintendo. They're scared because you will probably be able to like go and, and rape children or something. Yeah, because because like, I got rage locking mm-hmm. disabled. Yeah, yeah, I would have liked to have played Fatal Frame, but yeah, yeah. it was you my protest to the digital the future by not purchasing that title. You got to think of the children. Yeah, uh, production. This is uh, another rumor. Uh, according to rumors published by, why did you do this? Why didn't you just say who the fuck it was? Digi Times. Uh, NX mass production will begin in early 2017. A window congruent with Nintendo's statement on March 2017 release date. Um, okay, blah blah. Delayed it for possibly uh, to add virtual reality function. Yeah. Um, According to DigiTime, sources have confirmed that manufacturers Foxconn, Shimmy, and Hodisim will handle the Japan side of manufacturing of Taiwanese components provided by Foxconn, Macrox, Pixie Art, Imaging, and Delta Electronics. Uh, they report that the platform, quote, features a 5 to 7 inch display, controller, and joystick for users to play as a mobile gaming product. product but it's also able to connect to a TV for users to play as a video game system. Nintendo is now planning to add function to the device. If Pokemon Go is still going strong, it better be fucking able to play that. Well, you would have to add some kind of functionality to the... You'd have to have a GPS, and you would have to have a data plan. You would have to have a mobile data plan, so you would maybe have not. To, unless you can pair it to your your phone. Or, ooh, that would be a good idea. Or maybe, no, fuck it. <laughs> I don't even want to expand on any possible. Yeah, that would just drive the price up. Now, if it connects to your phone, like through your Bluetooth or something, that wouldn't be bad. So, But VR is going to be a crowded market for the next couple of years. Five to seven inch display, so it will be about the size of your iPhone six plus, or a little bit two inches bigger. Controller rumors partially confirmed, Uh, which we basically went over that. Yeah, we've pretty much already talked about it. There'd have to be some sort of. I wonder what kind of if it, if if the system's primarily in your hand, your hard drive in it. I wonder how big that thing's going to be. Let's see rumors. Blogger Emily Rogers, who previously oh God damn it, previously released reportedly leaked details about. The software streaming claims Nintendo will significantly accelerate first-party software products of NX, citing sources close to Nintendo, says the big fundamental focal point and overall goal behind NX is to vastly increase the software output from Nintendo's first-party teams and studios. She goes on to say there is a new strategy that was put in place. You create first-party software at a faster rate. And multiple unannounced Wii U projects were moved over to NX. 
Well, that would be moving the third or the 3DS and the um, Wii U development teams to the same place. So, interesting. Multiple unannounced Wii U projects. Which, <laughs> wonder if they still get a Wii U release. Uh, here's what she's been told by her sources close Nintendo. The big fundamental focal point and overall goal behind NX is to vastly increase software output for Nintendo's first-party teams. To accomplish this, the entire process of how Nintendo develops and produces software has gone through radical changes. There is a new strategy that was put in place to create and focus first-party software at a faster race. Multiple unannounced products projects were moved over to NX. The NX could potentially see the highest output of first-party software in the company's history. Uh, I'm talking about the entire lifespan of index, not just one or two years. Yeah, she says. She says a new process slash strategy doesn't necessarily mean that software won't ever be delayed or there won't be gaps between releases. There is no quote perfect strategy that will prevent delays if a project requires more polish or if a project just isn't coming together as the company had hoped. Well, it's just like one of these things, like, just fucking announce it already. It's August. That leaves you six months to release. It's not like they're making anything for the Wii U anyways. Well, they, they have some Paper Mario coming out. And Darksiders remastered. It's like, what, a five-year-old game, six-year-old game? Of course, that's multi-plat, so all the systems are getting a suck on that. So, anyways, skip down past that debunked thing there. They got the uh, chip order rumor. So, because there's no point talking about debunked stuff. Um, recent rumors related to increased ROM chip order by Nintendo have led to speculation NX may take advantage of cartridge-formatted software. So, they're kind of... Reinforcing that a little bit, but then again, that's just another rumor at this point. It's not even partially confirmed. And then another rumor gets your cross-platform compatibility. Um, Takashi Mokizuki of the Wall Street Mokuzuki. Journal report, yeah. reported on his Twitter that the NX may work with smartphones, PCs, and even rival call. Yeah, that's an old one. Yeah. I doubt it's going to work with PlayStation 4. Uh, let's see. Client survey... Document image leaked around yeah, the same time across the platform. Shit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It just gives some basic info that you expect. Ooh, it'll surf the surf the web on your TV. Ooh. You know, I mean, it's not like it's going to have an HDMI cable. Hey, big, big rumor there. So, uh, uh, yeah, 4K 60 frames per second streaming. Definitely a possibility. Um, is content even really digitally 1080p for the vast majority? Or is it still 720? For what? For digital. For like your cable service. <clears throat> well, I, know most, I know most content on cable television. It's 1080i. Is it 1080i now? Because I remember it used to be 720. It's 1080i is most that they do. Okay. So, but you're streaming, I know you can get that, but I mean, that depends on where you live 
and how good your connection is or what tier of bandwidth you're paying for or if you've had to turn it down to save on bandwidth so you don't get charged you know a ridiculous amount of money as the uh residential subscriber versus a um commercial subscriber a corporate subscriber which has been shown to use much more bandwidth than residents but anyways yeah that's but everything else is old old news yeah this is the two-piece thing we kind of had an idea about that so basically it boils down to we kind of sort of maybe almost have an idea of what we're getting but we still don't really know <laughs> i think if they go with the cartridge it's a could be a good idea i mean just if they even if they if they continue to sell the games in 3ds sized boxes how much money would they be saving in plastic materials and paper materials and ink you know all that stuff comes off their overhead so i mean there was the rumor that nintendo was going to make this all digital console but i don't it doesn't look like it's going to happen they i probably I th- want to i think being a docking type system like it is who knows what kind of size internal hard drive it's going to have maybe that holds it back for being strictly digital okay well if you don't want to wait on that um scott you can buy an xbox one if you don't want to wait till next year and buy a scorpio it's true microsoft xbox one s came out what yesterday so it's very nice looking I it's, think it's the nicest looking of the current generation of consoles. So it's uh, 40 times, 40% smaller. Uh, it does not have well, connect well, uh, built in. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. To buy a $40 well, adapter. The, the, uh, the two gigabyte launch edition came out in the second. If you want to buy the cheaper versions, you have to wait until the 23rd. Yeah, well, if you're planning on buying an Xbox One S, I would. I mean, I, does Xbox One support external hard drives yet? Should. Okay, well, if it does not it support does. external hard drives, it does. does it? Okay. Yeah. Since it does, um, you may want to wait for the cheaper version, but I know I have a one terabyte hard drive, and just having a couple games installed and a couple of off of disc and a couple of non disc based games installed it pretty much ate it up so you know when and people say well how many games are you going to play well there's four people playing my xbox that have different tastes so we are having to juggle what we're playing based on that if i was the only owner the only player on that system um no big deal so for you uh single or two-person households that's definitely not really an issue for you, but if you play uh, a lot of role-playing games, you're going to be fucked too. Yeah, if you have three or four people that play on your system in your house and are sharing it, you're definitely going to want to get the two terabyte hard drive. Sure, the Witcher will eat your shit up too. Yeah, because um, I know all four of us throughout the week we rotate. You know who's playing what, and we have to because of that damn bandwidth we have to be careful about what we freaking decide to delete and reinstall so uh yeah and don't forget about all your day one patches yes your day one patches uh ten dollars to update your console for me yeah <laughs> yeah been there done that yeah. uh you get your um it's four hundred dollars for the xbox 
two terabyte launch editions, four hundred dollars. You can get a uh, original Xbox One for like two seventy nine right now. I think it's like fifty dollars. About the cheapest you can find. Yeah. So I mean, it's nice if you want to burn a little extra money, but I mean. What are you really gaining except saving some space and well, 4K streaming? Uh, you actually get, uh, if you have a 4K TV, you get a 4K Blu-ray player. That's good. How many? Uh... Well, it's going to be the future unless Comcast has something to do about it because <laughs> they don't want anybody to have be able to stream 4K content unless you pay them extra. Yeah. Um. That's, I mean, really the cable companies and the broadband providers are kind of the Achilles heel and all this 4K stuff. Like, you know, I mean, I think the digital future is happening. Um, it can't when, upscale games up to 4K. You won't see any improvements to game performance, but... Uh, it will upscale to 4K. It will upscale. Yeah, upscales should, I mean, have to step up. So, if you're a pixel junkie, I mean, that's the best you can get. So, but it's I, not native 4K gaming. I, 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 God, I, see, I'm in a completely different situation. I, I honestly can't tell you what to do. My PC is stronger than the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So, I, can't tell you to buy one of these things because right now in the game that first party studio because of where they have done this play anywhere gimmick whatever first party title they bring out i can buy it and i'm good right so that's what i'm doing it's like well i just buy it on my pc why would i buy i have no incentive to buy one of these fucking things no no, none whatsoever. It's like they went the Apple route. It was like, well, as long as we're in, you're in the ecosystem, we're happy. We, we get your money no matter what. I mean, I have no incentive to buy the fucking Scorpio. Because all I, I have to do is update my video card. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I'm. I have a. I have an eight-year-old PC, and I don't feel like I have much incentive. Not enough to get me to drop any more money um, to upgrade or to buy a second Xbox. Uh, if you do, just get the Scorpio. Yeah, why wouldn't I just wait for the Scorpio? Um, of course, it's probably going to cost. Who knows what the hell it's going to cost? Um, but and until I know everything there is to know about the Scorpio, there's no way I'm even going to consider buying an Xbox One S. And at this point, wait for the PlayStation Neo to come out and see what they're going to do. Which is the exact same fucking thing that the Xbox One is going to do. Yeah. Um, if I ever decide to move my kids gaming to the bedroom, which I don't want to do right now since they're six and eight, um, I'd rather it be in a living room where everybody's at. We can just share the TV and play together. But maybe, you know, he's eight. When he's 12, he's not going to look at me. So in three or four years, I might consider it. But then who knows what's coming out then there i don't know there's no incentive what i just don't say enough to this until scott and paul show recommendation 
do not buy an Xbox One or Neo until, well, at least Xbox One S, until you buy a fucking 4K TV. Once you buy that, then make a choice. The only reason why you can buy a fucking Neo is if you buy VR. Period. If you're planning on buying VR or PlayStation, fine, fucking buy Neo. But don't buy a fucking Xbox One S. Yeah. Not unless you're going not unless you don't have a fucking system yet. And then really fucking think hard on that decision because you're gonna be fucking pissed off come holiday next year. Or is it yeah, holiday next year when you say, Oh, well, what the fuck? Scorpio's coming out. Unless you're gonna stick that in your kid's bedroom, or are you planning on going to GameStop and selling it for half off? But right. you're gonna be bitching because, well, what the fuck? I only got like a hundred dollars out of this system. Well, yeah, you got to only pay two fifty for it. <laughs> um, honestly, this generation's kind of—I mean, it's not—it the product's good, but there's not been a leap. There's not a, the innovation has been very light. Um, yes, it's cool the Twitch support and all that stuff. But I mean, the majority of the extra horsepower in these things is is the split operating systems, all the different processes running at the same time. Yes, the games graphically are incrementally better. Um, we've touched on it before, but I mean, there's other things besides graphics you can improve in video games. There's physics models. There's AI models. Um, there's all these other things, and this power just hasn't been used for. And again, we look at these new systems, and it's all about fucking 4K and pixels. This, this, this makes some better fucking games. I mean, I shouldn't be running into invisible walls in Doom 4. Or, well, Doom, yeah, Doom 4. Yeah, I went into a, a corner the other day uh, in this room towards the end of the game. Um, it's the last level when you're on the Marine base before you go to the other area. And uh, there's this big, wide-open, probably, if I were to look at it in real life, probably 20 feet between where I'm standing in the wall and there's nothing in front of me and I can't walk over there because there's invisible walls. <laughs> mm. Why? Um, you know, I, there's so much more they can use. Uh, you know, we've talked about driving by and closed doors and buildings and things like that. We can start opening some of this stuff up, you know, yeah. use that power for that kind of stuff. You know, if you're not going to push the graphics much, at least, Give us give us better experiences rather than just better pixels. I mean, oh, I, I like to see graphical improvements too. I don't think I'm too old school, but there's other things they can improve on using this processor power just besides fucking streaming video or Blu-rays. That's what VR is for, right? I mean, is this this is what you're really paying this extra premium price for? Is for fucking 4K streaming? Okay, if you run into a situation where or a Blu-ray Ultra HD. Yes, that was one of the selling points of the PlayStation 3. You could upgrade. You got a game machine and a Blu-ray player all wrapped up in one. I have seen 4K video on some expensive-ass fucking televisions at Best Buy. And yes, it's nice. And if you can afford it and you see value in it, obviously go for it. But if you've got to squeeze your nickels at all to afford it, I don't think that it's worth it right now. In two or three years, the TVs are going to be half the price they are, and these game systems are going to be a hundred dollars less than what they are. I say just fucking wait. 
because your gameplay experience is not really expanding with these minus maybe the VR stuff. Maybe if it's implemented well and you don't get motion sickness wearing the helmet. Yeah. Go to Best Buy and try out the PlayStation VR and see if you're not going to get sick. Yeah. We, the, the consumer of electronics, we, we all, uh, I'm not gonna say what we need to do, but the smart thing to do <laughs> is to start waiting I mean, if you if you're knocking down some serious cash or or you spend smart and you have the money, absolutely treat yourself. But other than that, I mean, as far as looking at it from a gaming perspective, which is what these machines should primarily be, I don't think I have the Xbox One, PS4, and the Wii U, and I don't really think the upgrade for any of them was really worth it. I, I fuck, I'm not happy with my PlayStation be quite honest not at the, let me rephrase that not at the launch price that i paid no no the systems no now what you can get them for today that's a better deal yeah i've been happier you know i mean there are loads of quality games on all three systems i'm not saying that either i'm just saying that i really feel like instead of getting an xbox one i've got an xbox 550 or whatever the halfway you go, point is you go that. Xbox. Or I've got a PS 3.5. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, I mean, I, I do feel like I got a Wii 2. Going <laughs> <laughs> to HD graphics, but they wasted the fucking gamepad concept. You completely fucking jacked it up. There was never a shooter or a, a non gimmicky space flight shooter. Star Fox kind of got it, but missed out on splitting too much, where you actually stood in space and used the screen as your primary game thing instead of having to split back and forth between systems. I mean, it's just a wasted concept. Um, inventory management, ooh, yay. I can, ooh. Yeah, I can tap my and, Y button on fucking Super Nintendo and do the same thing in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> I mean, fuck. The only thing I saw inventory-wise that I thought was well done, I have to give Ubisoft credit, was fucking Zombie U. Because the game didn't stop when you was looking down at your gamepad. The zombies would sneak up on you while you was digging in your backpack, just like if you were in the real world and there were real zombies and would munch you. That that created some stress. But it was it's it's one experience. You know, Metroid Blast or whatever the hell it was on Nintendo Land. That should have they should have made a full fledged game based off that concept. But no, it didn't do it. And Nintendo Land wasn't even a um, multiplayer experience streaming like that was just a couch op game wasn't it it's couch co-op yeah so which so, i love couch co-op been, that should have been online but i think all games should have couch co-op and online streaming if possible <laughs> or online multiplayer um you know so you can play with other human beings so but either way nintendo yeah. land would, should have been if they wanted to try to sell nintendo land and they wanted to sell the Miiverse, which the Miiverse was pretty popular, but if they really wanted to expand on it, they should have more games like Nintendo Land that allowed you to connect to other people without the freaking being held back. Uh, no, you can't party easily. No, you can't chat when you're in party. You can't voice chat when you're in party. They sell fucking headsets for it. Nothing supported the freaking voice chat. A very, very, very few games, and I can't name a one that did. So, And then you got like your PS4, yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, I mean, but again, it was all about pushing more pixels and more resolution and bragging that, hey, look at these numbers we can put up. 
Yeah. Okay, but what did you do with the gameplay experience besides give me more graphics? Which I appreciate, but still. We got slight graphical upgrades out of our new $400 system. So. Last of Us looked good. Yeah. Now, if you're a big, I mean, if you're a big Twitch streamer or you're into, into that, fuck yeah, then that shit is popular. But gameplay experience wise, it just, it, I don't feel that the new systems gave the opportunities for it. Yeah. I saw one that had the opportunity, but they, they, they botched the fucking execution. <clears throat> so square HD e twins or it's like they fucking went through cellular meiosis meiosis however the fuck you pronounce it <laughs> and spawned almost the same thing but <laughs> with a few more with a few more i don't know atoms i mean they just there's just no big jump and it's not even like the hey you went from a standard definition tv to a to a 720 or 1080 television into 360 uh, PS3 generation. It's not even that. It's just the games are a little bit prettier. You know, again, they didn't do anything with the experiences. Well, so I say don't buy any of this shit. <laughs> Go buy all the cheap Xbox 360 games and the cheap fucking PlayStation 3 games where the experiences were at least expanded quite a bit more from one generation to the next than what they have been from the last one to this one. And well, Mario Galaxy. <laughs> the last boxed. Uh, watched execution was uh, Ghostbusters, the movie and the game. Uh, developer Fireforge Games filed for bankruptcy three days after Ghostbusters game was released for PlayStation 4 and other platforms. According to a person who worked on it, they told Kotaku that the game was in development for only eight months. This game did not receive very good reviews. Um, no, it did not. It got massacred. Um, so if you want to play a good Ghostbusters game, I would suggest going and finding the what was a 2009 release Ghostbusters, a video game. This had a came, better story than the Ghostbusters movie itself. It, it's the better sequel. And in fact, I think even some of the, I know the voice acting is the original cast. Yep. And I believe there's been some comments from the original cast about how it's kind of like your, it was your third sequel for a long, you know, there's been some really good positive comments from them about it. And honestly, it does have a pretty good story and it's a pretty good game, uh, but you can get it on 360 Wii and PlayStation three for like 10 bucks. I think it's on, pc and yeah yeah it's on pc i think it even had a physical pc release so yeah get it on one of those systems and play it um if you're a fan of the cartoon get the wii version if you want to have the the cartoon type looking characters it's the same game it's just the character models are different but really the awesome. xbox yeah the xbox and playstation 3 versions have the more realistic looking models <clears throat> but yeah, skip this. This game has gotten massacred. Yeah. Um, last piece of game news because we have to go. Um, we finally have a release date for Rise of the Tomb Raider for PlayStation 4. It releases on October 11th. Um, you get all the premium content from the Xbox One and place. Um, uh, 
goddamn it, PC version, and you receive new premium content, uh, Blood Ties. Uh, it's basically a um, first-person zombie kill mode bullshit, but you get VR support with it, and you also get a uh, new skin. It's the old-school Laura Croft. Polygon Laura, so. I think it's, how much is it? $60, so. Yeah, I don't know if it's still worth $60 or not. It's, uh, yeah, wait three months and buy it for 30 online or less. All right. TV news. While we were gone, uh, CW showed off their brand new Superman. Scott, is he your Superman? I guess. You, I, I, <laughs> every bit as good as Brandon Routh and and um Brandon Routh grew on me. When I first saw him in the suit, I was like, ugh. I remember throwing a hell of a fanboy fit over that one. Um, of course, he was like in wine red instead of just, you know, regular red. But uh, then they recolored everything and fixed all that bullshit. But I, I didn't I didn't like Brandon Routh at all. Now I I really like Brandon Routh. So I'll well, give this guy a fair shot. This guy's suit looks like fruit roll ups. And it's that's the color I want. <laughs> <laughs> So if you get hungry, you can just reach back and grab your cape and then just take a bite, right? Now, the promotional shot looks like shit. Yeah. Now, the photos from Latina Review on the street, I mean, he even looks bigger. Like, he doesn't look big at all in that one. Um, he almost looks plastic. The, the suit here... Even his face. It, it looks very much like... Um, the. New incarnation of Superman from the new run in the DC. Except for the boots. The boots he's wearing now are blue. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the... Which, by the way, I hate the new fucking costume. But... Yeah, it's shit. So, this doesn't look bad. I mean, I the cape could... I, this works. What's me. wrong with the real fucking cape? That's all I'm asking. What's wrong with the real cape? I, I really don't know. Through this latex-looking bullshit. Yeah. Oh, Guy's well. definitely bigger than the promo shot looks. So that, that helps that he can, he's, he can fill the rollout as far as the physical side. Um, he certainly looks heroic in these shots. All right. So, okay. If you're but wondering. I'm just being nice. <laughs> and we'll see how he acts. See how he moves. And acts, most he's importantly. No, he's no Christopher Reeve, that's for sure. Okay, if you're wondering why Netflix did not pick up Agent Carter, here's why. According to Netflix Chief Content Officer Ted Cerados, this is what he told Entertainment Weekly. Quote, we're looking for truly original brands to own, and in that Marvel space, we already have original comic book shows. So that was mostly why. He also added, 
Quote, they also have some output deal complexities. So when you pick it up, being able to pick it up globally is difficult, even after it's canceled. Some of those output partners still have it up in the air. So they would argue it's covered by their output deals. Unfortunately, it was a business decision more than a creative one. End quote. So Agent Carter apparently sucked and cost too much money for Netflix to pick up. That's basically what it boils down to. Boils down to we don't want to have to deal with any more bullshit than we have to deal with. We just yeah. want we want a fresh start, so we own everything outright and not have to deal with any red tape. That's why you right. say right, exactly. No bureaucracy. Okay, uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character on Flatliners too. He plays a professor at the medical university. Well, this is what he said. Who do you talk to? Metro.co.uk. He says, quote, I play a professor at the medical university. It is never stated, but it will probably be very clearly understood that I am the same character I was in the original Flatliners, but that I have changed my name and I've done some things to move on from the experiments that we were doing in the original. So... He went on to say that I loved making the first film, and when I was asked if I would be interested in taking part in this, it didn't take more than a minute to say yes. It's scheduled to hit theaters August 18th, 2017. You still haven't watched the first one, have you? No. I really need to catch up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably seen it, and it's just not Yeah, about halfway, clicking. halfway through, you'll realize, oh, fuck. Yeah, I did see this. It's probably like 10 or something. Um, July 28th, we found out that DC, not DC, uh, Disney, not DC, is making a reboot slash sequel to The Rocketeer. I'm not sure what to call this. Um, So this is from the Hollywood Reporter where they got the news. Well, the first most important thing is if you haven't seen The Rocketeer, you probably ought to take time to sit down and watch it. This is a pretty good movie. Yeah. The quote, the new take keeps the story in a period setting and offers a fresh view on the characters set six years after the original Rocketeer and after, what's his name? Skewered? Cliff Secord. Secord has vanished while fighting the Nazis. An unlikely new hero emerges, a young African-American female pilot who takes up the mantle of Rocketeer in an attempt to stop an ambitious and corrupt rocket scientist from stealing jetpack technology and what could prove to be a turning point in the Cold War. How do you get the Cold War after Nazis in six years? Well, yeah, they they was well into it. 1938. No, after the oh, six years after the original movie, shit. World War II hadn't really broke out yet. The movie had it. So you're you're 1940. Yeah, that doesn't make first sense. film took place in 1938. And I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess technically the Cold War did start at the end of World War II, as far as my recollection of history class goes and what I've read over the years. Here's my problem with this film, surprisingly. <laughs> I don't care that there's a young African-American female pilot, but it's like, 
the announcement, it's a young African female pilot, African-American female pilot. If we quit drawing attention to this crap and just hire the young African-American female pilot, we can probably start getting past this stupid shit all the time. Always got to point out race. It's always got to be a point out of gender. It's always got to be a point out of some fucking bullshit. Hopefully she can act and hopefully they have a good script because I could really care less what she looks like or if it's a she or a transgender, LGB, whatever. I don't care. Just make a good fucking movie because it's fucking Rocketeer. Don't waste the opportunity. Don't fuck up the Rocketeer. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. Which is what maybe they're worried about Beetlejuice too. Yep. Cause who? Okay, who did it? Was it Variety who interviewed Michael Keaton? I'll just back to Rocketeer real quick. If you're familiar with the Captain America movie, uh, the very first one, uh, the first Avenger, Joe Johnston directed Rocketeer and Captain America. So, well, who's going to direct this? Did it say? Did I miss that? Hired Max Winkler. It doesn't doesn't say who's directing. And click on the article at the bottom. See who actually interviewed him. It might say. No, I don't see. No, it's Walt Disney Studios. Yeah, that's all it says. You have the scriptwriters, not a director yet. Anyway, um, what do you want to bet? My, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. What do you want to bet that the young African-American female pilots, they completely miss the mark and they probably look up some sort of freaking 1940s stereotype of an African-American female and she's written like that. I don't miss bet my ass minus the pilot part. Like she'll be a pilot and everything else will be some sort of idiotic stereotype from the 40s. A female? Did they have? I, I mean, yeah, they had, they had Tuskegee pilots. Airmen, but did you have female pilots back then? I think they're. I think I've read some stories about it, but I don't think they were like. I don't think there was like an entire air wing of them smashing Nazis either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, it's like home, with the alien and the little black girl. Mm-hmm. It's it's like. You're watching a movie, and it's, it is, it's a pretty good movie, but like halfway through, like she's like, you know, she's got a rhythm going. She's listening to a little bit of R&B and stuff, and it's like, why is it always going to be a stereotype? Maybe they not, might do it right. Not all black people like R&B. I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe they'll be listening to uh, Living Color. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sorry. Team Punk shows up. <laughs> Starts talking shit. You know, I think my current favorite active actor is African-American. That would be Idris Elba. Uh, how would I know you'd go that route? Because he makes me gay, man. God. <laughs> so, <laughs> Michael my Keaton. <laughs> well, see, that guy made me gay once, too. <laughs> I thought it would be The Rock, someone who can really act, but no. He's done it. He has done it also. All right. The same. Starting to get a starting to get a trend here, right? By the way, Ballers is on like episode three. If you want to see the rock, anyway. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Has was talking to Variety, and they asked him if he heard anything official lately about Beetlejuice two. 
and he just get to the bottom line because we're running out of time. He said it's possible that ship has sailed. Good. So that's basically all you need to know. That's excellent. Because it's gonna they're not just I'm i I've become so cynical about remakes and reboots, I'm just done. And sequels to twenty plus year old movies. Yep. There's no reason. That one's gotta be closed in on thirty. Came out in eighty seven or eighty eight. When did that come out? I'm thinking eighty eight or eighty nine. Nineteen eighty eight. Yep. Yep. That must mean they started filming Batman like a couple months right after that. Batman came out in 89. Yeah. So they had to start filming Batman almost immediately after that. Okay. So, um, do you want to. Okay. Is Star Trek going to be a spoiler review? Uh, no. Okay. All right, Scott. So we don't lose any of our viewers. I want a, not a review that does not include race, gender, or sexual orientation for Star Trek, even though it involves all of them in the mission log. It was well handled, the gay thing. Yeah, that's what I heard. You blink and you miss it. That's what everybody was saying. Yeah. Even though uh, George Takei didn't want it in there. All right. I want to hear about all the uh, MTV directing bullshit that they did. Now, I heard other reviews, but this is the best of the three. Apparently, that was not the case. Mm, no, it's to me it's the worst. All right. Let's do this. Yeah, it's gonna be a quick one. <laughs> Was it caca like they like they said about <laughs> Suicide Squad? I'm telling you, man, it was it was a train wreck. I thought it was a motorcycle wreck. It, yeah, I would, it was a motorcycle wreck. It seemed was kind of stupid, but so the movie was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I was, I wasn't too excited when I saw the um, trailer, and everybody work was like, "Man, the trailer looks good." And I was like, "No, it doesn't." The the just it just didn't look good, and I feel like I'm vindicated in that thought. So is this a burn, borrow, buy? What is this? A burn? Burn. Well, okay. Burn. Don't even go see this movie. Don't even rent this movie. Stranger Things. This is the... Oh, back up. I thought, were we, were we recording? Yes. <laughs> hey, real quick, guys. If you want to go watch two hours of shaky cam in the dark, um, idiotic uh, decisions by your main villain, who's pretty damned uninteresting, um... And uh, one cool space battle sequence um, where they use a really stupid technique to beat some people. And uh, blink if you miss moment of a major character change, which was handled well. And uh, a, a good homage to Spock, a good, good 
a, an excellent goodbye to Leonard Nimoy. I mean, not not, not literally Spock. And uh, just uh, some look, decent character interaction. Look. And Simon Pegg, you may officially never knock the prequels without being called a hypocrite. This movie is a freaking burn, burn, burn. Man. Go watch Ghostbusters instead. Wow. 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 After Star Trek was complete Ghostbusters. dog shit. It's like they filmed it in a fucking nonstop earthquake for two hours. Oh. Wow. Now the actors, they did well. The dialogue was freaking completely stupid. Your villain takes a character that's his enemy on a fucking grand tour. Not just a quick monologue about his master plan. But like, here, let's walk you through our entire base and everything while we talk about it. No, it, this it's dog shit. I'm telling you, it is dog shit. Did they at least correct Kirk and not make him stumble into everything? Did he at least turn into Captain there Kirk? Was, there was a mix. There was a mix. He stumbled a few times, yeah. Um, How hard is it to write Captain Kirk? He's I don't know. Well, fantasy. They give a great they give a great homage to the rip shirt too, but not the way they should have. It was a it was a kind of like a moment where you just kind of laugh when actually his shirt should have been ripped and he became a fucking Terminator. Yeah, but whatever, because <laughs> he's invincible when his shirt's ripped. <sighs> but yeah, it's a quick line. I mean, there again, there's a few good things, you know, but the the plot device to defeat. The, the villains at the end of the movie is such dog shit. I, I'm not going to go into it because this is the non-spoiler review. And your MacGuffin they're chasing in the film is basically unexplained. Your motivations and anything interesting about your main villain are revealed in about six seconds of dialogue at the end of the movie after he's been on screen for like two hours. Actually, he takes these huge breaks from the film where he's not even in the film. It's just, hey, let's look around. Let's, stay, let's, let's give Simon Pegg more screen time because... We wrote the script. Uh, I, this movie, it's, I'm telling you, go watch Ghostbusters. If you're going to go pick one, if you had to pick between these two movies to go see, um, go see Ghostbusters. Wow. By yeah. far. Wow. Ghostbusters was a steaming pile of dog shit. This is a rotten, steaming, crusty pile of bantha shit. Because <laughs> this is that's about as close to the greatness of Star Wars as this series uh, is going to get from this Bantha point forward. Poodoo, huh? Bantha Poodoo, yes. <laughs> you made Phantom Menace retroactively a much better film. <laughs> I mean, the action was uh, the action. Oh uh, man, you can't even tell what's going on. Like the entire movie, it's just like shaky cam, shaky cam. Oh, we're in the dark while we're doing it. It's well, just, it's all it made Transformers look like an Oscar winner. Yeah, yeah. The uh, can't believe you put me in a box on this review. But there's nothing really. To, I just want equality for all. <laughs> sure. I'm tired of being shoved in my face. <laughs> I'll take my white privilege. I'm gonna go here and sit in the corner and suck my thumb, stroke off to an amiibo, and hate go. fucking Star Trek 2016. You're gonna go sit in the corner and listen to Cure. And, Star and Trek Beyond. They forgot part of the fucking title. The rest of it was the word terrible. <laughs> Beyond, yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Redefining dog shit. Yeah. I I mean, I was sitting there watching a movie, and my son, I mean, he's he's eight. I can forgive him. He he was into it. It was his first Star Trek movie, and I was just like, I'm a terrible father. Well, yeah. You I should have rented one of the, I should have rented Wrath of Khan or The Voyage Home, you know. Yeah. Showed him some of the classic episodes. 
Maybe you should have done started him with uh, Voyage Home. That might have been better. Don't start yeah. him off with, with, with something yeah. so dark. <laughs> well, there there is a there is a uh, discussion amongst the fans about which one's better, Wrath of Khan or Voyage Home. I was surprised myself, and then I'm gonna have to rewatch the films and see what I think. Voyage Home was fun, but uh, Wrath of Khan is the better film. Yeah, uh, just your threat seemed more cognizant. Yeah. Okay. Um. Like seriously, be an activist and go out and take the posters down and burn them. And <laughs> when watch Ghostbusters? Oh yeah, this, this, no, just go ahead and burn that poster too. The hell with it. Flair versus Dusty happened on July twenty sixth. So Scott, the only good match we got this week. Your review on that match? The cage match. Um, it started a little slow. But it was like it was kind of a slow burn, you know. We had some ankle locks and shit like that, and then um, you know, Flair obviously everybody knows his shtick. He was you know backing into the corner and all that stuff, and you could just see the heat building, building. The more he played that part, the more the crowd fucking got into it. Um, Dusty, man, I forgot what it was like to watch him move as big as he was at the at that time. Um, the bits the spots they did up on the side of the cage which took them a while to even start doing like clearly they smashed each other into the cage and there's blood and stuff like that but when i crawled up on the side of the cage towards the end of the match and he was slapping flair on the um the top the the corner post of the cage and flair fell off and landed on his nuts on the rope <laughs> the crowd <laughs> went freaking ape shit like Woo-hoo! uh yeah um I actually felt bad for those two guys. They they were sweating so profusely. Oh my god! Um, but you know, it was it was a big swing. The momentum went for Dusty right off Jump Street for um, maybe two or three minutes, and then Flair controlled a huge portion of the match. You did your the figure four spot, and then Dusty was able to put him in a figure four, and then they started getting a bunch of quick two count attempts. It's like it wasn't long between attempts and Flair was in a pinning predicament. And it, the momentum went back and forth freaking like 10 times just in quick succession. And then surprisingly, just did it with a small package. But it worked so well. Because, you know, Dusty, I mean, he you got to think all the bullshit he's had to put up with on the, uh, on the show. And all the, you know, everything they do is the horsemen are able to just take it and turn it right on them. You know, like they're the bad guy and everything else, which mean you joke and jump in there with the horsemen anyways. Yeah. Uh, but he, for him to come back and finally go over on flair like that, I, uh, it was a pretty good match. So, yeah. And also, since this is the 30th anniversary of Dusty's title win, at the uh, bash on the 26th, which would have been last week, what had happened was which you're notice when you watch this week's show dusty did not get a nameplate on his belt yet uh jim crockett had ordered the nameplate from the jewelers but um and about um two or three weeks from now spoiler here uh dusty is going to lose the title to flair 
So he's never actually going to get to wear the title with his nameplate on there. But interesting. Yeah. But if you go to Mid Atlantic Gateway, there is a um we'll actually put this on our Twitter. What whatever. Uh was what the fuck is our Twitter? Scott and Paul show? It was at Razik. Yeah. Uh, but um um, fans don't like that Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no. we'll, we'll I use words on, like equality. We'll put it on Scott and Paul show. Or just go to scottandpaulshow.com. We'll actually put the link on there. But uh, Dustin, not Dustin, but uh, Cody Rhodes actually put up the story that they did find the... Um, nameplate that was sent to dusty and they put it on the original gold belt that flair had because the uh, collector had flair's belt and they finally put the two together so after 30 plus years so it's on there now so there you go let me see what our actual fucking twitter is i know we were using mine i don't know if you did you make one yes Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, Scott Paul show. Damn it. Yes. All right. Now, Scott, do your NWA bullshit. My NWA bullshit. Yeah, your NWA bullshit. <laughs> well, I started watching it, and Paul texted me and said I didn't really need to watch it because it sucked. <laughs> so I didn't watch it. Um, what I did get was Ivan Koloff. Uh, oh, you stopped <laughs> watching the show? You told me to stop watching it, so I turned it off. Oh, you fucker! You should have watched Ring of Honor. I told you to. I, I went to. My wife said, "Well, if you're not gonna watch that, let's watch Stranger Things." And I'd only watched what four episodes. I was like, "Well, I mean, it's good, but uh, all right." And then we ended up we couldn't put it down. Um, Ivan Koloff was... Oh, there's no point in doing, doing that. Yeah, uh, you should have fucking watched Ring of Honor. You had two good episodes. <laughs> uh, Crusher, Crush Chev, or whatever the fuck his name is, he's terrible. It's fucking terrible. But, yeah, that's I, I made it maybe 15 minutes into that episode when I texted you, and you said that. So I was like, well, fuck it. Yeah. You said I didn't have to watch it. So if it's that bad, because it was a review show, no, it wasn't even a reef show. No, it was a... Um, it was a sit-down for the um, last night of the bash. The last night of the bash was that night. And they were still... It was What it was, it was a kickoff show. Because tonight is the last night of the Great American Bash. And it's tonight at Fulton County Stadium. Or Fulton, Fulton uh, Coliseum, where the fuck it is in Atlanta. So they were still trying to get people to come to the stadium that night. That's all it was. And they just had a bunch of sit-down interviews trying to get people to come to the bash that night. That's all the fuck it was. So really, you can skip this show. You had some great fucking interviews with like Ric Flair and Ivan Koloff. That was it. Other than that, you can really fucking skip this show. Uh, they did have a great fucking segment with uh, Jimmy Valiant when he got his head shaved. 
Speaking of head shaving, you should have fucking watched the uh, uh, Jay Lethal get his head shaved by the Bullet Club and Adam Cole. Which I try to get Scott to watch Ring of Honor, but he didn't want to watch it because he wanted to spend time with his wife and babies. I can't comment on the head shaving anyways. It involved people of color. Yes, Scott's conservative. He has to he has to race bait. <laughs> race bait. No, I just think I just think Disney shouldn't say, "Hey, look, they're black." <laughs> I think that's just creating problems for everybody. We got to get out of this culture of skin and forget about it and just be equal and love everybody. So maybe I just didn't articulate that very well. So maybe next week, I hope there will be a good fucking episode of NWA. We'll see. Maybe. Hope so. If it's not any good, it's because white people are the devil. Yeah. Literally, in, in that era, they were. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just not going to comment on the, the blatant racism and <laughs> everything with NWA in the 80s. <sighs> Last week's ROH was good, though. You should have watched that one. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, and this week should have watched that one too. Just what I should not have watched was Star Trek. Yeah. But we'll see. Man, you do need to start catching up on Ring of Honor. We start doing our shows on every Wednesday. You can watch Ring of Honor be caught up. As long as they don't do two hours of shaky cam like Star Trek, I'll be all right. They don't. They do just one hour. Just, no, no shaky. As long as hundred percent of what they're doing is not shaky cam. Yeah. WWE does shaky cam and zooming. ROH does none. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna get, you're gonna get me started on Star Trek again. I just brought up something with the camera work. Oh my gosh! Was there lens flares? No, but secondary characters are speaking and we get an extreme close-up of their face and it's rotating and spinning around their skull like there's something dramatic going on it's like really i mean it's it's the camera work in this film is some of the worst i've ever seen period Mm. and i tried not to be too hard on that stuff but it was so egregious it was so in your face not one single frame of this movie is not panning, moving, rotating, spinning. If if it's not shaking, that's what it's doing. It's it, And if it is shaking, it's also panning, rotating, zooming. It's just oh, it's like a kaleidoscope. That this that's a, like a, it's like looking at a kaleidoscope while fucking riding a horse at full gallop. That's the camera work in this movie. It's, it's this is the uh this MTV generation. Good lord. I, you know, I don't mind shots to move. I don't mind a little bit of shaky cam when it's done to a certain effect. Um, if it's a war film, that's fine. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's just like... It's like two-hour lost camera film bullshit. Yeah. It's a higher yeah. budget. On the bright side, Sulu doesn't do kung fu in this one. No, that's good. The, does the... Um, He's not stereotyped, finally. I'm just yeah. saying. What's the uh, Chekhov was good, but the writing for him was poor. I mean, he's Apparently, just, the writing was poor for the whole film. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the character interaction was good, but 
not like but be, between the people that knew each other and liked each other the villain you know the protagonist antagonist none of that stuff was worth a shit so who was the villain in this um idris elba that's how uh, bad it was i can't even like be biased and be like no this movie's good because idris elba's in it rocks it he wasn't very good either no i heard he was wasted he was wasted and towards the very end it was like he finally kind of his range started to show a little bit but it, he was completely wasted it's it terrible movie. my favorite actor was wasted my favorite presently working actor favorite current working actor until uh, Michael Bean comes back in Alien 5 that never happens maybe he turns 60 the 31st if I'm not mistaken 31st of July so you 30 somethings and 40 somethings are listening we're getting old when Michael Bean is 60 <laughs> the barometer Michael Bing. Yeah, he was. He's aged pretty well. I hope I can age as well as he does. Did. Well, there's an earthquake at Scott's house. Either that or his raging heart on just knocked. Bend off my keyboard. Straight back. Yeah. I mentioned I mentioned and Michael (laughs) Bean in the same sentence. So, I think it's time to go. All right, on that note, goodbye. Scott and Paul Show, episode 30. Oh, wait, that's not what I'm doing? No. What has happened is Scott and I, we were having a very uh, non-spoiler discussion about Stranger Things. At least that was the plan. And then Scott dropped, Scott, not me, Scott dropped two spoilers on <laughs> Stranger Things and I had decided well let's just go ahead and turn this into a spoiler discussion and I'll put this at the end of the show like normal unfortunately I forgot to do a lead in and well I guess you can call it a lead in at the end of the show like I normally do so I now have to do this little bumper in between the segments here so that's what it is had i known in advance we were going to do this i would have actually done it at the beginning of the show so if you're still sticking around after the uh scott's love affair with uh elba and uh what's his fucking name the dead guy uh then yeah you're going to have Stranger Things spoiled for you. So, if you don't want that to happen, stop listening. If you do, then, um, yeah. Or you've already watched it. You can go ahead and listen. So, enjoy. Or don't enjoy. If you're listening to the show, I can't see why you're still subscribing. Unless you have a very long commute to work. Or your job really sucks and you just have to listen to something to drown out the monotony of your life. Kind of like I do at my job. So, here you go. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Scott says watch it. I say don't. I say that it was it was a little slow, like you said. It is very slow. There were some moments where it does get a little like, come on, let's get going. Um, but I thought 
I thought that everybody did very good acting. I thought the dialogue was pretty good. The the action that was in it was good. It was creepy. Um, playing on the whole idea of parallel worlds, I thought was pretty well done. It seemed like there was a little bit of magic there. Winona Ryder is kind of painful to watch in this, though. Good lord, she was she was she's. Not, I didn't think she was very good at all. They didn't give her much to do. She was no, the mother in peril. She's baby face in peril. It's, 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 yes, it was. It was just like I'll go the other way. It was just like this totally unoriginal thinking about her character. Um, just play the same. You're the mother who is fucking crazy, and nobody believes you. Yeah, and it's like. But uh, then once people start believing you, we're not going to have them all connect with you. It's like, okay, we definitely fucking believe you. But when they do, there's no resolution. She's just basically run around with her mouth hanging open. Yeah. <laughs> like like she was going to her next casting couch. I mean, was, <laughs> she was just, just, she mouth breathed for eight episodes and didn't, she didn't hardly accomplish anything. Like her development, I mean, she was your stereotypical shit female character that just stands around being a, a, a woman in distress. It was retarded. I mean, yes, she never gave up hope for her son and she threw the husband out and all that shit, but it's like spoiler. She's not catching the, she's not passing the Bechdel test. I'm just saying not by a long shot. My bad. That was a spoiler. Sorry. So is the parallel worlds thing. <laughs> You're going to have to put this at the end of the show. <laughs> so yeah, add a, add a disclaimer for spoilers. Um, but that's all that, that it gets. I thought it was a, a very good show in my initial nine. I would probably dial back to an eight. So yeah. I say check it out. It's I thought it was pretty good overall. Yeah. And there's is. some good humor. If if you would have took this show, cut it in half, and only focused on the kids, made it like a twenty two minute episode. It's kind it of got the Stephen Stephen King's it kind of effect where yeah. it completely shines when the kids are on screen and it yeah. dulls a little bit when when they're off screen. Everything I liked were the kids and the cop. That was it. The chief. Now, what do you think of the cop? Man, it's like he beat the shit out of every... Oh, damn. <laughs> well, wait a minute. He's a cop. He's going to get a fighter's action. He, you know, yeah, he's, he's a cop. Like, you know, he's mostly unstoppable. He's like Rip Shirt Kirk, almost. He so. was Rip Shirt Cop. He's, he, he's, yeah, he's small town cop Kirk. But, I mean, he doesn't... He just seems like a guy that connects the dots. So... I, I appreciated him, and there's a there is a surprising character change in the film that kind of shocked me, and they didn't do with this individual I thought they were going to do. So I was surprised with that pleasantly. Okay, let's just fucking do so. this. This is going to be at the end of the end of the show. So fucking spoilers. All right. So like Steve, the boyfriend is an asshole. Like you know, I'm thinking he's just going to show up to get killed. At the end. Yeah. And, he, and it's like, this motherfucker gets that ball bat with the nails and is like, you know what? I'm going to beat the fucking shit out of this monster. He gets yeah. the town on it. And, he, and he's stalking towards it. And he's like, um, he's like a Jedi. He's like Sam Jackson getting ready to take on yeah. Django. He like twirls the bat just like Sam Jackson does. And then goes to laying an ass whooping down on it. Which I thought was funny that all the military police with machine guns couldn't stop it. But this yeah. guy with the ball bat breaks its ass i mean it was it well was great. i thought he was going to go in there and get caught in the fucking bear trap yeah i think i i thought he was getting the bear trap and getting ate by the monster i thought they're going to kill this guy because he's been a prick 
and that's going to be unoriginal. And then the next thing I know, it's like he has a change of heart. And even they even set it up like he's going to be a coward and run away, which is yeah. your other trope that they go with. And no, he turns around and he runs back in. He's like, no, fuck this shit. You know? And then, surprisingly, the uh, the older buyers doesn't get with the girlfriend. Steve retains his girlfriend. So. Yeah. Um, the end with the kid puking the little monster thing up, I thought was kind of... Yeah, that kind of weak. That's well, that sets up season two. That sets it up, but I mean, they could have, I don't know, it just seemed kind of weak. So, well, yeah, I I thought the acting was spot on. The writing was pretty good. And you knew that Ellie was going to die. That was pretty obvious. Yeah, that one. Yeah, we we called that early in that episode. Actually, I think the episode before, we were like, she's going down. Yeah. It's like like I wrote that fucking show. I was like, well, she can't live. She has to for telekinetic badass in film, I'd say that's one of the better executions of the action part of that I've seen. What was that? That one movie that was really forgettable came out a couple years ago. It had a bunch of teenagers that had telekinetic powers. I can't remember what it was called because, you know, it was shit. It was a mainstream release. Well, I don't remember, but I thought when she threw the creature up against the wall i thought she was like gonna break all of its arms and legs i was hoping she would just like whatever and it just kind of like turned to ash or something but like when she like uh broke the guy's neck when she was trying to escape and smash the guy into the wall and was throwing people around off and on flipping the car i i i think it was one of the better on-screen representations of that kind of action or power or whatever i've seen so for the most part I wasn't too happy with the creature design that caused the fact. The fact the face reminds me of something from like Silent Hill or uh, it reminded me of Silent Resident Hill. Evil. Yeah, it was definitely. I was definitely getting the Silent Hill vibe from it. Um, it was like a liquor body with the head of something from Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't. It was menacing, but it wasn't really. At this point special effects and art and the exposure to everything we have has kind of spoiled other designs, I think. But yeah. if I'd have seen that, if I had seen that 20 years ago, I'm like, man, that's so cool, but it's, yeah. Just, yeah. it's kind of pedestrian at this point. So it's kind of like some good Guillermo de Toro type stuff even, but stuff, it's all been done. So pretty good. Not great. Yeah. It's, Kids were definitely the best part. Was did you get the vibe from Lucas that he was basically the fucking internet all rolled on into one character? Because the more Lucas talked, the more I was like, this kid's the fucking internet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um because every th- every time something came up, he was like just jumping on him like a fucking troll. He's <laughs> like Exactly. It's her. It's her. She's doing she's the fucking traitor. It's like yeah, so yeah. Fucking he was an asshole. Up on something. I would have punched him in the face. I was like, "Are you quit being such a dick?" Jeez. He was. He was. Yeah. Lucas and, was a total fucking asshole. Yeah, they didn't resolve like, that he quickly like the, He sounded like the fucking internet. Yeah, he was a he was an internet troll. Um, yeah, he was a jerk. But you know, um, the kid with the freaking teeth missing. That that kid looked just like uh, he looked like a. <laughs> Young Dave Melcher. That's what it says. Yes, he was. He was that kid. Knocked it out of the park. Um, he was funny. His delivery was pretty good. 
all the all all the kids in the film actually gave pretty good deliveries on their all lines. the kids were great even even the like little asshole that pulled the knife i mean he he wasn't bad either but those two kids they were straight out of a fucking stephen king movie exactly when he pulled the fucking knife i was like holy shit this is like a prick from it <laughs> yeah. yeah there's supposed to be a bunch of references to stephen king in it but i didn't really i didn't i it, i knew what i saw but i haven't read the list yet but yeah when he pulled the knife i was like holy shit and i kept waiting i was like is this buddy gonna say man you know this might be a bad idea but and he did so yeah it was it was good hmm. overall so on your metacritic scale it's like fucking four out of ten it's too slow and methodical i would have cut the shit out of this show down to like 22 minutes so many characters I didn't give a fuck about. They could have cut it down. Didn't give a fuck about Steve and his his slutty ass girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, run around that other boy, the weird boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the a lot of filler in there. Yeah, there is some filler. There is some filler. So yeah, I mean, but some good stories, some good motivation. The um, the teacher trying to get some ass on the couch and the kid bothering him with science questions. <laughs> He's like, I really need to go. <laughs> this kid's like, don't close the door to curiosity. <laughs> yeah. I, th I thought it was a pretty good show. So. Yeah. A little on the slow side, I'll say that much. So, But yeah, I... I it was definitely... Maybe maybe I'm affected by the shit that was Star Trek and it made everything else look better. <laughs> I, I like Stranger Things and it seems to be a hit. So, and uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say Winona Ryder was the weakest part for me because she was just written so generic. They didn't do anything with her.